Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and Merry Christmas from the Outdoor Line crew here. A very special best of coming at you. We're, uh, we're with our family today, Robbo, and uh, I hope you're with yours in Christmas Christmas as well. is all about family, friends, and of course, fishing and hunting, Tom, as well. Hope you enjoy this show today. Uh, you know, so many Christmases, Tom, we spent out on the creek steelhead fishing or in a duck blind or whatever, but it's also nice, of course, to just hang out with the family this time of year and watch some football. I don't know what you got going on today, Tom, but we certainly appreciate everybody jumping on the show here this morning and and uh, checking out what we got, what we have to offer. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on ModernWest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com, and of course, our venerable, the outdoorline.com with blogs podcasts and so very very much more morning joey pyburn good morning wildlife expert nelson (laughs) uh rob ensley took rob force one down to uh down to nevada on a deer hunt a lot of stuff happened this week but all of it pales in comparison to having bob buchanan of bow-mac.com our, our our wild mad gear scientist. He shed shed the white lab coat and walks into the studio this morning with with fresh ideas for the tackle industry. What's up, buddy? How oh, are we're you? ready to roll. Great huh? to be here, guys. Good morning. So it serves us right to take a week off, do a best of, and go hunting. And with the and then there's kind of a seismic shift in stuff, right? You know, yeah, in stuff. <laughs> pretty, oh, big pretty, one. Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, of course, we've got a couple hours to get to that. But uh, so um, it, that dry summer that just wouldn't end manifested itself into some of the toughest deer hunting in Washington and Idaho, and absolutely, and and. and Made an interesting set of conditions in Montana as well. For sure. Yeah, you know, I don't know, over 30 years I've been hunting Washington and Idaho. This was the roughest deer season ever. I, listen, I spent a bunch of time in Idaho, Robbo and I did. Uh, I saw five does. I never saw a buck. I, I haven't seen a buck this season, okay, in the mountains. I was here in Washington. I climbed 12 miles and 5,000 feet of elevation gain into the mountains to some beautiful country, um, mule deer heaven, and I never saw a deer. That's I, I mean, it, and they're there. Yeah. You know, they're there. Uh, they're just not moving around. This this very dry, extended summer we've yeah. had into October, just it just makes deer well, hunting extremely tough. Deer don't buy copper tone, and so the only thing they can do is just, you know, go hide in the shade, but... Yeah, I mean, we, that's that was funny because you said you saw five deer in Idaho. That's what we saw too. Yeah, you know, and and where we went in uh, in the outskirts of Boise, you know, we went back and, and visited our dear friends Palco Palco has moved back there, you know, much to my chagrin and dismay and mm-hmm. and whatever. But but now I got a base camp in, in Boise, right? In Boise, Boise base, camp, base camp, Boise base camp, and uh, it, it's funny because the outskirts of Boise, it's almost like Twisp in that you you've got ag, you know, agricultural land down there where all the local deer are sitting right there. And then you got the hills, 
immediately to the to the east and north of Boise that you know are again amazing deer habitat. We yeah we saw five deer dude mm-hmm. in, in in three days. You know it was they just weren't there. But this place is all tracked up. There's elk tracks. There's bear tracks. There's deer tracks. Just nothing standing in those tracks at that time. So so. Then, then I went to Montana. But before we we go to Montana, which which leads us down a whole nother path, Bob Buchanan, your beloved Area Eleven, opens up on the first man. How about that? You are not only blackmouth fishing in eleven and thirteen right now, but we've got chum retention. We've got the chum 10. starter. Yeah, yeah, and eleven, right? Yep. So how yep. does so so what's that what's the level of excitement down there at the Point Defiance Boathouse this morning? I think folks are getting geared up right now. They've they've been working on a lot of things there at the, the boathouse, elevator wise, getting things coordinated, <laughs> and that has happened. And the uh, nerve center of South Sound blackmouth fishing, dude. They're getting that fired up, but uh, I I expect to see a lot of bodies out there on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot be of boats. Very very interesting, yeah. and you got uh, we got eleven hundred. Uh, encounters to burn through um the 11 area 11 fishery is going to be a three day a week drill is that correct sunday monday tuesday and wednesday and wednesday four Four days a week four days sunday through wednesday sunday it's a reverse of what it was last time so it was you know it was on the other side up to saturday and they they switched it for the individuals that can gotcha get out there better on on uh on monday than friday Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and that's going to extend the season too. Yeah, you know we yeah. don't want we don't want to see you know a couple of these you know three day opener nightmare. Fridays or, are considered a weekend day. I yeah. think, in a lot of, <laughs> for a lot of folks. So. so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday, God Wednesday. Day, Sunday yeah. through it's Sunday a four day. So the, um, remember the first the first day, a lot of folks get confused from time to time. But yes, it it opens the first and it's a Tuesday. Starter. This do you, year. you bump into a lot of chum down at eleven? Uh, you can. They're shallower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna get you know the slag pile area, Browns Point. You're gonna you're gonna bump into some, and then on the other side, the so ones going to thirteen. And so, then if you if you actually want to target chum, what 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 are guys doing? They're gonna they're gonna fish bait up top. Bait. Yeah. yeah. I I don't because that that increases my encounters. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll fish my if I can get the right herring that's the right size. Wow, uh, is that a shot at Joey? If he can no, get the right no, 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 no. That but was a I'm veiled a fillet knife out barb right there. I'm, he knows he can always call me and get <laughs> yeah, whatever so I, bait I can, he needs, but he's looking for fresh. <laughs> I, I jig him. It just it's part of my ritual. Oh, yeah. I've done it my whole life. I go <laughs> out and jig him first, and uh, you know I'm going out there and I'm having luck getting. Two three inches, and I don't need that. I, yeah, no, I want I them bigger because you start flipping, you you won't get those two inches past the little guys. So, sure. So that's when you go to the jig, and that'll probably be what I do first on Tuesday. So your jigs uh, figured prominently in 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 our program this year. It was it was so much fun. The Puget Pounder jigs were we're, we're, we're kind of we're kind of learning them a little yeah. bit as we as we go along, and and we ended up you know we ended up one day we did a, a Ducks Unlimited uh, donation trip for David Lee and the you know the gangs of mm-hmm. Three Rivers Marine. And had the, you know those guys out you know in in our neck of the woods up there at Tulalip Bay and ended up sticking six one morning on all you know primarily and, and those that. That those guys day. were not jiggers no they, they'd never done it before no. so it's it's interesting you have like one or two guys on the boat who have the right motion right. and those guys hook all the fish and the yeah. other guys you know you're kind of trying yeah. to coach them up but for whatever reason there's definitely. Yeah. 
you know, there's a way to jig properly and and, and yep. inspire more bites with those Chinook. And we need we need to do three videos together this yeah. this this off season, and and one of them is is jigging, mm-hmm. right? Your your jig setup and the way you jig your jig motion because it's it's unique and different as it is to everybody. And then number two, we need to do a better explanation of how the C link and and float system works. And then number three, we really need to do. A, a, a soup to nuts breakdown of the whole line coiler system, right. how it mounts on the boat, how it works with your existing downrigger mounts, how it works best with cannon downrigger mounts, how, uh, <laughs> well, okay, maybe that part's a little bit of a stretch, but, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm getting to. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's because all these things, and, and so, and again, you know, now we're into off-season. Joey and I are primarily, you know, hunting right now, so the boat's back in Clarkston, Right. And uh, so I'm and, I, and I'm working with uh, you know some of the Yamaha guys, and our jigging is going to change because of that new Helm Master installation on the 30 foot duck where Joey Joey grins. Mm-hmm. I mean that's going to be it's going to be amazing yeah. because that joystick, you move the boat with the joystick, and as soon as you want to stop the boat, you let go of the joystick, whoop, and it stops and stays there and stays there automatically keeps you on that spot exactly. And that there's, there's a couple spots we go up and sit. Oh right? my gosh, that is dude. really going to come in handy. Well, and you know, think of somebody, a family guy that that gets a larger boat, and when you have a hydraulic helm and you have you know uh, shift cables and stuff like that, it's difficult. You're not going to get a kid, a younger angler, maybe your wife, right, to really understand and 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 work that boat. Now with digital electronic control. Somebody can just, you know, grab that joystick and, and move it, and they can even put the boats on the trailer, they can dock, they can maneuver, they can do all this stuff now that before took a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you, there, there's such a change from going to a, a, a single screw to a, to a twin screw outboard, too. I mean, it's, it's not all intuitive. You'll hear the rest of this interview after the break right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. And now here's the conclusion of the interview right here on the best of the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app. This time last week, uh, we were outside, we are north of North of Great Falls and on an elk herd. And, we, you know, it was, it's not light yet. And we can hear them. The cows are chirping and their bulls are bugling. And I just, you know, and I don't have a bull tag. I got a cow tag, right? And, uh, but my friend, Mike McCauley, who, who now lives back there, he's, he's got the bull tag, right? So, uh, and we're out with, uh, we're out with our good friend, Trent, who came up to Sitka and, and fished with us. And he's, you know, all over these, all over these elk, right? So, uh, it, it starts getting light. And then, you know, these, we probably got a little bit close to them. And these these elk they they fade off into the into the brush, right? And so okay, now we got to come up with a different plan. Um, the day we got uh, the first full day we had in town was Friday, and they it hadn't rained in Montana for a long time, like a year, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 like time. basically a calendar year, right? And um, do, you, do you remember the movie My My Cousin Vinny, oh, right? Yeah. And and this area of Missouri is that we're famous for our mud. Mud gets <laughs> yeah. in the tire, right? Well, that mud, they're they're famous for their mud in Montana too, right? And it changes kind of rapidly. Make a long story short, we get in. I think I'm going to get a shot at a cow, um, but dude, when you got a bull tag, you got to get that. The bull's the hard part, right? So so we get in there, and it's 
just about on this herd and the fog rolls in, we can't see 100 feet. We're done, right? So we start working our way back out. Trent looks over at this hillside. There's two bulls right there. So Mike, so Mike McCauley, dead shot. We were practicing with the 6'8 uh, Westerns, right? The 6'8 uh, uh, Browning A-Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was a it, gong show the day it, before. It was a gong show the day before, man. We were banging the gongs out at 850, out to nine 900 yards. So this bull stands at, at 588. And Mike's on his bipod, and I'm on my bipod so I can see the whole thing. Plus, it's good to drill on a bull elk, right? It's not often you get to put the sticks mm-hmm. down, lay down, and get steady on a bull like that, right? And so I'm watching, I, and, and now it's kind of starting to sprinkle. It's not a big trophy bull. I can see it's got at least five. I thought it was six on one side. And, and it, but it's going to be down a hole. It's going it, to where if that bull falls, it's going to be difficult to get to. Make a long story short, I go, Mike, you're going to shoot that bull? He goes, heck yeah, I'm going to shoot it. And sure enough, man, one shot right through the top of the lungs. This bull goes down the hill and, and, and rolls, and he sits there. Here's the last nine kick, and he lays there. High five. Here we go. So we get the ATV close to where the bull is, get in there, um, and, and, and now it's raining, okay, on this Montana soil. By the time we get the bull out, we are soaked from sweat. We're, you know, we're, he's all broke down. We get a sled in the ATV. I put a quarter on my shoulder, well, a front shoulder on my on my backpack, hands and knees up this up the side of this hill. I'm, <laughs> dude, maximum effort, right? My 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 toughest workout of the year. You're no no question to find about a it. Firm hold. <laughs> and so we get all this bull in the back of this ATV. So we got like 400 pounds of freaking yeah. un- ungulate in, in, in the back of this ATV, and uh, you know. And I, Exhale. Oh man, I can already taste the warm shower, baby. Take maybe a little shot of whiskey, you know. In a bed, dead ball. Here we go. And Trent gets behind the wheel of the ATV and he starts kind of going up this hogback, and, and the tires start slipping a little bit. And he goes, "I don't think we need to. We're going this way." And I and I kind of get the vibe from him, like, "Oh, oh, this ain't over yet. This this is not over yet." So uh, he goes, "Listen." Let's let's go back the way we came. Well, the way we came, Trent had his eight year old son with us. With mm-hmm. and, and great kid, Gage. Right, mm-hmm. he was picking up antlers all the way back. I got some pictures. I'll post them. He's just picking up sheds. Right, mm-hmm. and he had at one point he had eight sheds, and so I called him Eight Gage. Right, yeah. he was a cool little kid. He was along with us because he, he Trent had promised his mother that he wouldn't be in the ATV when we go down this for right. this particular hill. Yeah, which was good. Because Trent gets out with his kid now, and Mike gets behind the wheel of the ATV and goes down this hill. Well, it was dusty. You got the sheds was, in with you? No, oh, the sheds are in the back with the ball, okay. right? Okay. So so we start going out, and it was dusty on the way up. And I remember because I, I remember seeing dust coming off of everybody's shoes. I'm not the first one up the hill, dude. I'll right. tell, you, tell you that straight up. Right. But there's, So there's dust coming off everybody's feet. Well, now there's dust, dude. It's raining. I mean, it's almost like an Olympic Peninsula, heavy rain like I'd never seen in Montana before. We start going down that hill. Those ATV heavy-duty tracks, track tires, got full of mud and got full fast as we're trying to slowly go down this hill, and we start sliding. Mike turns into it. That bull shifts in the back of it, and we go over three like – at least two and a half, but probably closer to three times, right? Oh. Now, now I – Trent gave me props because I was still in my seat on the first first three sixty, right? <laughs> but then Mike kind of loses his grip. We got we got rifles 
unloaded rifles, but rifles yeah. nonetheless that are flying around. Both got whacked. And I got a black ivory. But I, we ended up, we stopped. We were on the side, and I'm actually standing up in the cab, standing over Mike. Mike, you all right? You all right? So. And is it still running? Oh, yeah, it's still running. Still they're, running. They're, we're they're on the kinda, side. They're kind of built to, Dude, to roll if, we if ripped, you roll them. But. We ripped the box off the back of it, right? And there's elk all over the side of this hill and backpacks and oh, shooting oh. sticks and rope and rigging. All Total yard sale. It, just a yard sale <laughs> on the side of this hill. And it's cold. Okay. And we're soaked with sweat, right? So Trent, and you got a little mud on you. Oh, my gosh. We're covered with Covered with grease, dude. I, I Still, this week, I'm still picking grease out of my binoculars. You know. So, so make a long story short, Trent calls his buddy Seth, who works the same ranch. And Seth came out on a, on a, on a four-wheeler, a one-man four-wheeler, makes one trip, loads some elk on there, so, and then we're going to you know, shuttle our stuff out. We tip the ATV back over, start it back up so we can be in a warm place. He makes one trip in and out and goes, that's all the elk we're packing out today, boys. This road, it's, the rest of the road is it's ju- done. It's done. And it happens so fast. Dude, it was yeah. amazing. It, it goes so, from being dry and dusty and hard pan to like snot. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and, and change probably would. No, 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 no. You just I don't you, think no, so. No, you, yeah. you you just it's end just up gathering yeah, a bunch of. They there, call it gumbo. I mean, it's yeah, pretty it is. sticky. Now there may have been a way to take that ATV down that hill without rolling it, but that's not the way we went. Yeah. <laughs> kind, kind of like Dude, bird hunting in a in a fresh plowed field. Bingo. Yeah, and everything in sticks to everything. And you're just covered. So Mike's okay. I had a I got a black eye. My leg's sore. My season's over because I mean I, you know my my blue my leg is blue from the kneecap down to you know it's just I got whacked right. And I think Mike kicked me. You know halfway through the you kind of have thoughts on the second or third revolution. <laughs> one of those is Mike's mad at me, so he kicked me in the leg. So so I'm beat up. We got all that we get. You know what what meat we can get to the butcher. We got I got to go the next day. It's it's all. So I'm I'm on my way home Monday morning. And, and and Dory Monson calls, okay? And there's been a bear attack in Leavenworth, right? So I do a little hit on, on Dory Monson's show on Monday. And in 90 seconds, we're going to tell you the cavalcade <laughs> of you-know-what that happened after that. So uh, you're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Matt Nelson running the board. Joey Pyburn to my right. Bob Buchanan of Bo-Mac.com. I'm Tom Nelson. Thanks for tuning in this morning. It, 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 it's story time here. <laughs> apparently. Uh, text us up this morning, 206-421-3776, I, You know, I can look at both those text machines and kind of make them work. So so anyway, we're, um, when, when, when we were last sitting around the fireside here, I, I, I'm on my way home in St. Regis, Montana. I just noticed on the side of the road, you know, it's election season just outside of St. Regis, where this dude's running for the position of... Sheriff slash coroner. <laughs> the the political scenario is just a little tiny bit different, but so so. But then Dory calls right, and then I got a cell, and he goes, "Listen, hey, can you do a segment with you?" Like, yeah. What what are we talking about? He goes, "Hey, this gal got grabbed by a bear last Saturday." I go where? You know, I mean, I'm out of the news yeah. cycle. I mean, yeah. I'm barely conscious after rolling an ATV down the side of a hill in Montana with an elk, bull elk in the back of it. Elk wreck. Hashtag elk wreck. It, which, which is funny. Larry Stoffer got in one, too, and broke his fingers. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. So, make a long story short, um, I go, well, tell me about it. What's the deal? He goes, I'll tell you. I'll, hey, I'm going to send you the link. You read it. And I'll call you in 10 minutes, and we'll do a segment on it. Well, I look. This attack in Leavenworth comes on the heels of 
another girl in May while we're up in Sitka got attacked by a cougar. The same community in Leavenworth had another girl attacked year before last. And, of course, you remember the mountain biker that got killed by sure. a cougar. Yeah, well, right. what what has changed with regard to wildlife management since all this stuff happened, right? Well, obviously, we can't hound and bait bears anymore because of Initiative 655 several years ago. And the department's decision to ban spring bear hunting. And so I go into that part of the story with Dory, right? I go, Dory, we're not managing by wildlife biology anymore. We're using some type of ideology. Now, I think it was Dory that said it first is, you know, woke ideology. Okay, that's how we're managing wildlife populations. And so, you know, I when, when you stop hunting these animals, they're, they're going to lose their fear of communities, Joey. Oh, absolutely. Look at what's going on with the grizzly bears in the western states. Those bears... They're not afraid of people at all, and, and guys are getting tore up all the time. Those bears have no fear of humans, and you know now now we've banned our our spring bear hunt. We're just chipping away, and and you know it's taken a while since they banned baiting and hounds, but we're seeing I'm seeing way more yeah, bears than absolutely. I used to see in the backcountry, and right. those bears are just moving down. Look, there's there's plenty of food out there for a, a healthy population of bears, but as there gets to be more and more bears. Guess what? Sows with cubs are gonna they're gonna push out of the high country where on those berry fields. They don't want to be up there and get tore up by a big boar. And if there's three or four boars on a berry field, that sow's gonna move down into it, residential areas it, it, where there's the, food where and the she's safe. Are really good. Yeah. Well, and she's safe. She's yeah. she's away from well, those big scary boars. Well, male bears they'll eat cubs. Oh, they'll kill the cubs, and then yeah. th- and that will force that sow to go back into estrus. Absolutely, and then he gets to breed. So so there's tremendous motivation for male bears to go eat a couple furry snacks and then get a little love from from mama sow, right? Yeah. You know, so so it's it's a it's a bad deal, but you don't. Un- you don't understand this unless you study the biology of the situation. So I, I kind of, so I made that connection that look, you know, we're not man, we're not. You have to manage wildlife. You have to make biological decisions for biological considerations. Making political decisions for biological management never works, and we're seeing that right now. So after the segment, I thought, well, that's it, and I'm driving them back the way way home from Montana. Tuesday morning, my phone starts blowing up because Nicole Thompson. Dory's producer wrote this, you know, woke ideology leads to bear attacks, got picked up by the New York Post, got picked up by Fox News. I'm going to my butchers with a couple quarters of elk and a, and, and a deer in, in the back of my rig, and I get a call from New York. Well, I'm not answering that. Yeah. So then Spam. I got an email. Yeah. This is Max Kivot, the booker for Jesse Waters Primetime. Say, hey, dude, we, you know, we caught your stuff about this. You want to hit a studio in Seattle and do a hit on Fox News? I go, no. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Hmm. He goes, listen, you know, it, we, you know, we really need you to make this connection for us. And I'm thinking, my and my stomach just starts butterfly. Geez, what have I got myself into this time? Right. <laughs> so I start kind of playing. All right, all right, okay, fine. Did, did you look at he that goes, black guy in the mirror? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, dude, conversation, I told you're I, like, I, I to, dude, I, I'm looking like a prize fighter that lost the fight. I just look like I got a fight in a bear, dude. I rolled an ATV down the hill in Montana two days ago. Is there somebody there to put makeup on me or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, we're going to send a car. Give me your address. Send me a car. Dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> me. So so sure enough, uh, they, they, they send a car down, 
And and I'm and, and my stomach is just flip flopping, right? I mean, I just what what am I doing here, right? Go to this office building down on Seventh Avenue, twenty first floor. You go on up, you sit down. The background's in there, and, and you know, and then here's Jesse Waters, and you just freaking let him have it, right? Interview went really well. Jesse Waters is a fun dude. Had a little fun with the interview, right? And, and he goes, "Listen, well, what do you do if a bear's in your face? Do you put a stick in his, uh, you know, in his in his face, or what do you do?" I go, "Dude." You take your 10 mil Glock out and you hit him with that and bear spray at the same time, right? And and so the interview ends, does great. My phone blows up. I get, you know, just up and down. On the way home, they hit me again. They want me on on Thursday or that was Wednesday, so that, they, they, Wednesday morning. They wanted you on. They wanted me back on Stuart Varney. on Stuart Varney on Fox News to do it again, right? Well, that went well too, but Stuart wanted to, me to show my work. He wanted the he wanted to see the receipts. What's the connection between woke ideology and these bear attacks? And I go, well, look, man, here, here's the deal. You, if you're not making biological decisions for biological considerations, you're making biology decisions on ideology. And what's this flavor of the day? There you go. It's, 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 so anyway, so that goes really well. I think, okay, whew, that's over with, right? My phone rings, and it's, well, first, Ted Nugent's people emailed the studio Ted Nugent rock and roll hero yeah, yeah. national you know worldwide famous hunter saw that hit on Jesse Waters contacts the station he wants on the show he you know and and then Ted calls me personally right and I'm like oh man are you kidding me you gonna dude I <laughs> I picked berries for a whole summer in 1977 <laughs> to buy two pairs of bell-bottom jeans and the Nugent album with Stranglehold on it, right? And, and so, you know, I mean, I've been to his concert, snuck out of football practice early and couldn't hear in the huddle the next day, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so make a long story short, um, we, we, I get, you know, we, we get Ted booked, but then Max Kivoth, the Jesse Waters booker, there's another incident for a bear, and he goes, listen, hey, man, you know another bear expert? And I go, oh, I know somebody that's had been charged by a bear and didn't work out for who who is it who i go it's joey pyburn <laughs> so i called joey <laughs> and joey and, and i go dude you want to do hit on fox news he goes no yeah and there's i mean silent. yeah i i barely do this on the radio and i get home from pheasant hunting it's like two in the afternoon and tom calls me he's like hey they they want you <laughs> You want to do it? And I'm just like, no, no, I don't don't, do that. I'm not. I don't do that. That's you you do that. You were great. I don't want to do it. And he's like, listen, I gave him your number. They're calling you. He's like, you're going to do it. And he hangs up and then Max calls me. And I'm sitting in my kitchen, and I'm like, what am I doing? And then your stomach goes. Yeah. Oh, it was already. Yeah. um, But I went and did it. And uh, I don't know. I it went I great, did, dude. It I went. didn't watch it. Um, I can't. It's so weird. But yeah. it was. I mean, they were they were amazing. And Greg, like, yeah, the the the, the studio guy. Yeah, he's he was cool awesome. as ice, man. I walk in and I go, "Hey, just so you know, <laughs> this is I amateur hour. Like, dude. I had yeah. never done anything no. like this. I I go, I I'm not even really a radio guy. You know, I, I'm an outdoorsman who ended up on a radio show. I've been doing it for about four years. I'm not really even good at that. I go, so I've never done anything on TV. I go, I'm pretty nervous. He goes, oh, yeah. 
I've never been on TV either. <laughs> I would be, I'd be scared. And you know what? And he's the cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was really good. He's like, okay, oh, listen. Man. He's like, it's super easy. Go see this little box with the white lines. He goes, you know what's inside there? He goes, you stare right at that. That'll make it look like you know what you're doing. He goes, do you know what's inside there? I was like, what? He's like, America. <laughs> America's inside there. And I'm like, this ain't helping, Thanks, man. man. Four million Americans are right inside that box. Yeah. Did you need makeup? <sighs> they didn't offer me makeup. They, he no. didn't need makeup. No, he didn't. No, dude. So, so all that pales in comparison, though, to having our good buddy Bob right here in there studio with us today. So, so anyway, um, we uh, we're going to have Ted Nugent on the show. I did a couple segments with Ted and Dory yesterday, which was awesome. And Ted Nugent is just man. It's like plugged in a light sock, and he's so passionate and 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 how kind. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, to for him to step up and and you know reach out, he didn't have to. You know, no. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have to spit in my face if my hair was on fire. And yet he called because that's the message he's been trying to get out, too, is, listen, we're, we're on the wrong track here, you know, and, there, and there's people getting hurt because of it. And so that's the deal. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Well, like it says right on the first page of the website, Living Out Marine, your one-stop bass fishing shop. Here to tell us all about it is none other than Russ Baker of Limit Out Performance Marine. Good morning, Mr. Baker. Morning, buddy. Morning. Morning, guys. Long time to talk to. Well, that one 70-degree day on Thursday had to have you fired up. Uh, we get a little bit of a pump fake this week, one day of nice weather, but still, I, I mean, this is the time of year when you guys get some of the biggest bass of the season, man. What are you hearing out there, buddy? Oh, yeah. The um, the 70-degree day one has to, made us want to just close the door. To <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, guys are doing pretty well. Guys are doing really well. It actually kind of started in uh, late February, early March. Uh, guys started seeing some pretty big fish early, but that's typical. You know, that's typical. Is that what water warms and the days get longer? Guys always get those bigger, bigger fish, but you know, it's, we're, we're kind of in that middle zone. I call sprinter as you guys know, always call it spring and winter. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a warm day, we got a cold day, we got a warm day, and a cold day, but it's, uh, it's coming. It's coming. You know, we got a lot of tournaments coming up here around the corner too, so. It's coming for sure. The weather's definitely schizophrenic right now, but um, but <laughs> you know it. that's the word I wanted to use. Yeah, I mean it's just all over the place. <laughs> but you know if, if if you're gonna go hit one of these lakes the next couple of weeks, I remember a couple of years ago you were you were referring to say the west side of the lake. I mean the sun rises in the east, and that's the side of the lake that gets the most sunlight during the day. Um, well, the bass kind of gravitate towards that side of the lake, and, and is that your best shot at catching one of these early season bass this time of year, buddy? Yeah, that's 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 the deal, right? That is the deal. Um, you know, and, and you know, as us us fishermen, what do you like to do? Get up early, right? Well, you know, this is not necessarily an early game in spring. A guy can sleep in, go out, and still catch a giant. You know, mid morning, afternoon. You know, I try to look for that 10 to 1 o'clock, you know, that 11 to 1, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock is kind of my ideal that I know that, you know, I'm going to got a really good shot at a big fish late in the afternoon, 3 to 4 o'clock, same thing. Um, but it really, you know, because we got cooler mornings. So, you know, if the, war, if, the, if the mornings were warmer, 
you know, then it'll be an early morning deal. But, you know, we don't have a top order game yet like we do in May and June, right? So so I'm going to be using reaction base, you know, jerk base for smallmouth by using crankbaits for, for smallmouth. Some of these guys are still catching them on swim baits. Big swim baits are catching these big largemouth on these small local lakes. So somebody 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 texted me one yesterday. It was a pretty good sized fish on a on a S waiver. <laughs> there's so there's there's so much gear, Russ, and like a guy like me who I just I haven't done a ton of bass fishing. If I come in there and I want to get set up and I want to do a little bass fishing this spring. What are a few lures, a few things that I have to have? Something that you, you know, I, I want to spend hundred bucks and kind of get set up and go out there and have, you know, I got rods already. I want to get some lures. What are some things I have to have? Well, I'll tell you what we do. And, and that's a, that's a good point. hundred bucks, right? A guy yep. comes in with hundred bucks and he, and he, and I basically, we all ask him, where are you fishing? Hey, what lakes? So local lakes, right? Let's say local lakes. And I don't mean just Washington. Right, so you take Washington, Sammamish, uh, the big lakes, right, and mm-hmm. then you take your smaller lakes like Goodwin up north and in Spencer and oh my gosh, Moore, Sawyer down yeah. in the south, mm-hmm. yeah, all these smaller bodies of water, right? And what we try to do is we say, okay, you're going to definitely need what? You're going to need swim jigs. You're going to need you know, in green pumpkin and black flu. You got to have a swim jig and black flu and green pumpkin. You're going to need trailers for those swim jigs, which we do have on the shelf. You're going to need one or two chatterbaits. You know, our jackhammer is a, ja- a chatterbait, um, a vibrating jig. You need that for sure. You need a couple spinnerbaits. You need some square bill crankbaits. Right. And you need some, and you need plastics. Okay. Right. And maybe, a, and maybe a hollow body frog. Right. I don't, I don't count. That's probably the only for early spring. I would I would tell a guy throw a hollow body frog. So a hundred bucks, and you know, get you some uh, worm weights, some hooks, and um, and you're good to go. Hundred bucks. Okay. And and you can use that that cornucopia product that I just mentioned in any body of water on the east or west side of the state. Yeah, the the reports we're getting from potholes are are those uh, those jigs, those swim jigs, mm-hmm. pitching them up in the, uh, up against the beaver huts and stuff, and blacks and purples and whatnot. And then you just swim those back real slow, or you bounce them on the bottom, or what are you doing with them? Yeah, so the vibrating jig, it's it's a throw it out, let it go to the bottom, and then reel it in, mm-hmm. right? Pretty easy, right? A swim jig. A lot of people think a swim jig's just for swimming back. You know, throw it out, let it go to the bottom, and swim back, right? But I don't do it that way. Certain times of the year, I'll do that. But other times of the year, since we've got a little slower bite in the spring, I'll actually throw it out, let it go to the bottom, and I'll hop it. I'll hop it, I'll drag it, and I'll swim it. So you can actually use, a, use that swim jig back a little different than just a standard chatterbait or spinnerbait or crankbait where you're just throwing it out and reeling it in. Right. So the swim jig piece is kind of a can mm-hmm. be hopped. Mm-hmm. You can kill it and just hop it and just leave it. You can sit it there and shake it if you want. Or you can pitch it in bushes and shake it like a flipping jig. A swim jig is extremely versatile, and they love them on potholes. They absolutely mm-hmm. kill them on potholes. Yeah, they're killing them over there right now on those things. I mean, I know some guys that were over there uh, last week hooking like 30, 40 bass a day on those, on those darn jigs. So, 
Yeah, fun. they've been getting some big bags. I mean, they yes. had what twenty four pound bag there a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and then they had an eighteen pound pound mm-hmm. bag there. What was it last weekend? I was down in Alabama. Yeah, and like I should have been up here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We're, we're talking with Russ Baker, LimitOutMarine.com this morning. I'm, I was a little bit disappointed in, in, in your roundup of the lakes. You didn't mention Martha Lake up, up our neck, North End. That's where the state record bass was taken, and it was about this, I want to say it was. A couple years ago. Yeah, but, but wasn't that a pre-spawn big old girl, Russ? Wasn't that a, a, a kind of yeah, a cooler? Yeah, and I heard that guy, you know, and I forgot. You're right. I, I, I didn't mention Cinco's, right? Yeah. That, I, oh, that's I, right. I oh, yeah, okay. I, you know, we forgot Cinco's. you got to have some five-inch Cinco's, right? You've got to have them, right? And and uh, that's funny. My daughter lives right down the street from Martha Lake. So, well, uh, but, what, it, was that a pre-spawn? Was that a... Was, no, that was like major. And I remember was I it was really? in Alaska okay, I, when all that right, was caught. Okay, it may be even later than that. But, 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 yeah. but still, you are going to find some of those big girls this time of year. For sure, yeah. And then, oh and yeah, absolutely. A, talk about fishing a Senko, yep. Russ, because most people look at that thing and think, you know, I have to give this thing some action. But a lot of the guys I know that fish Senkos, and I've fished them before too, pretty much just throw it out there and either let it sit or just crawl it through, you know, along the bottom or through the weeds. What's the technique for fishing a Senko, buddy? Well, you, there's a couple ways, right? One is a Texas rig, a Texas rig. So you put it, you know, you. you do it just like a, a Texas rig worm. The other way is a wacky rig, right? And you and you basically take a wacky rig hook and you and you hook it in the center of the bait. So it so both ends of the bait, you know, move or undulate or however you want to say it, flex, right? So as a stick bait falls and you, they're easy to skip. So as you know, you can either skip those baits underneath docks, or for the shore fishermen and dock fishermen, actually, you can just throw it out, let it go to the bottom, and just shake it. And I like to shake it all the way down and all the way back up. I know that sounds like a lot of work, but for some reason or the other, the bass gravitate to it. And you can also put a Nico, Nico weight in it, in the nose of the bait. So the neat thing is you can weight that bait because they're loaded with salt. They have a tendency to sink pretty quick. Or you can do it without a weight in the nose of the bait. So wacky rig's my favorite. Um, I don't know. I just get more bites on a wacky rig Cinco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much throw a five or a six, and if I have to, I'll throw a seven. That's a pretty big bait. They call it a Magnum. It's made by a different company. We sell those as well. Um, a lot of guys love Magnums on bottles. <laughs> so it's it's Absolutely it's, love. It's April here in the Northwest, especially here in Western Washington. It doesn't look like this weather's going to let up for a little while. If you're going to head out the next couple of weeks and hit one of these little local lakes here on the West Side, what are you going to throw at them, man? Uh, well, I'm going to be looking. I'm going to be looking for a lake that actually is has a has a variety of of, of options, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say a variety of options, I want docks with deep water, and I want a lake that has a flat. Right, because they'll move up on the flat to do what? To look to spawn. And they look up and they move up to flat to feed. So I, I like to have a lake that has a combination of those two things. I will definitely throw a swim jig. I will definitely throw a chatterbait. Um, when the water does get warmed up, I will throw a hollow-body frog. When the water hits 52 degrees, it's when a frog starts working. But I have to have consistent warm weather, you know, warming days prior to that to make that frog really work. 
Um, and Cinco's, absolute Cinco's, and don't hesitate to throw a swim bait, you know, a five, six, seven inch swim bait. They work really well, and a lot of people kind of ignore them, but but they really work very, very well. It's amazing what a big swim bait will do. It'll catch one of the biggest fish in the pond, and it'll always cost your catch your two penners in the pond. Mm-hmm. A two penner will eat a swim bait, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, spinner bait, chatter bait, worm, uh, swim jig. Hollow body frog. Um, and if you're a swim bait hunter, there's a ton of different swim baits out there. But I would stick to your actually your action baits pretty much. You know that's the most common items. They're easy to use. They're quick to learn. And and having a few plastic worms and things like that. That even tubes work. You know even tubes work for largemouth and smallmouth. So having a handful of baits like that, hundred bucks can get you started. And actually catch you some pretty good fish. All right, Russ Baker, LimitOutMarine.com. We'll get you out of here on this last question. What is the bare minimum you need on a bass boat? What do you need as far as as as, a, as an electric motor, electronics? What do you need to see? What do you got to have? Hundred percent on a starter bass boat. What what's what a guy what what does a guy have to have? On a starter bass boat, minimum twenty four volt Minn Kota or motor guide trolling motor. Um, you can start as low as with a 70 horsepower motor. So that could be aluminum, 50 to 70 horsepower motor for aluminum that you can use those boats in tournaments. And we put a couple of tournaments on a year. You can use that boat as long as it's got a, 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 a working live well, a kill switch on your boat. Um, power poles are not a necessity, but men, you know, men cutter motor guy, 24 volt trolling the motor. Operating kill switch, operating live wells will allow you to fish for both fun and in our big bass tournaments we, that we put on in uh, June at Father's Day weekend on potholes or any any tournament for that matter. So bare bones minimum, 16-foot, 15, 16-foot bass boat, whether aluminum, they, don't, they make glass in 17 or better. Um, yeah, they're out there. They're out there. But that's really what you need, minimal. That's right. what I'd start out with. Okay, all right. I think I think Joey and I may have one here. We'll, we we got to we got to mess around with this a little bit later. Russ, thank you for your time this morning. We certainly appreciate it. LemonOutMarine.com's website. His name's Russ Baker. Go see him. He'll get you all set up with that starter tackle box and that starter bass rig. Russ, we'll talk to you soon, man. And uh, I hope this is the year we get a we get a uh, get a little spend a spend a little uh, rod and reel time together. I, I'd really enjoy that. Well, we're gonna make it happen. I've got time this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear it, man. Thanks again. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, Russ. Thank you, Russ. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, guys. See you, Appreciate it. Thanks, Bye-bye. dude. Talk Bye-bye. to you soon. You're listening to the best of the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.